So it's Saturday, June 27th, 2015. The chopping block number nine. We're almost to number ten. It's kind of kind of a kind of a really small milestone. We reached it, double digits. It's uh, it's saying something for us because we tend not to stick with anything very long. Yeah. So double digit for the podcast. Double digit in the listeners. <laughs> let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Um, as always, uh, Jonathan, Joey, and that's it. I, I, got, I feel like I need to say that just because I, I feel like I want more people in we, here. Like, we need to get more people involved. It's just that everyone is busy. It's just I happen to be a loser. You work at night, so we just have a lot of free time on our hands. Yeah, that's true. Um, anything you've been playing, doing this week? Um, really going through Rayman Legends, and I've gotten all Diamond Cups all diamond trophies uh, for for the five worlds in it, and I the last world that they have is uh, okay. So each world, the last level in each one is like this, just kind of like this pure platformer twitch reflex kind of level where you have to just time everything perfectly, memorize patterns and stuff. You know, like when to jump and when to knock over an enemy and wherever. And they synchronize the entire level and your jumps and your hits and everything you slide and jump on everything to music. Um, so those are really fun and really cool. And the last world, uh, they're all 8-bitten. So um, they, they uh, chip tune all the music. And what they do for those levels to make them that much more difficult is that they'll make it look like a CRT screen. So they'll kind of like bubble it out. Yeah. And, and then like it be, and the further you progress in the level, it... Uh, becomes more like a fisheye lens and it just like skews your perception and you just keep fucking up every time yeah it seems uh it seems extremely difficult i remember playing it on the 360 and um getting through it and those levels were just insanely insanely difficult whereas just like you spend uh, the for the beginning parts of the like worlds and all that they're not all that difficult no it's pretty not. like standard and straightforward but it's just those like last levels that require like time jumps and like hits at perfect moments and like especially once that like screen starts blurring out and everything yeah. you're just like fuck it's, yeah. it just becomes that it's much more difficult and on top of that the, there's other ones where uh the uh the screen is staticky whenever you jump so you don't see where you're jumping to and where you're landing until you land and you start running again right and then the then the um then the the visual comes back but every single time it happens there's snow all over the screen and it's just like oh god yeah that, that kind of stuff i feel like it just apart from like not being able to see what you're doing it adds for me that effect of um Jumping, but then like regretting my jump. Yeah, and I like stop. So I like try and pull back on the stick, and then that always tends to fuck me up. <laughs> yeah, and just like it just fails me. But other than that, like I've been that, that's all I've been playing. I've been trying to just get a hundred percent in that game. It's been pretty fun though. Also, very rage inducing. Yeah, like, I've almost snapped my controller a couple of times of how fucking pissed I've been. Yeah, it's but. one of those games where you'll play it and. If you play it for too long, you're just like, fuck this, and you have to step away from it for a second. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, you can try again. Yeah, pretty much. I always just kind of stop playing, and I like dick around on YouTube for a bit, and then I just keep thinking about the level, and then I go like, one more time. (laughs) I can get it this time. I know I can get it this time. Um, What have I been doing this week? Um, Well, I bought Arkham Knight yesterday, so I was playing that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, it It feels nice. It feels very familiar. Yeah. Um, I've played all of the Arkham games that have come out. The only one I didn't beat was Origins, but that one didn't really like pull me in. Yeah. 
Um, this I heard, one, heard there was a problem with that game for a lot of people, though. Yeah, I mean, it was made by a different publisher, so there's that, too. So Rocksteady made the other ones, and then that one's made by a different company. Yeah. Um, but this one feels very nice. It feels familiar. Um, there's some real creepy shit that's going on. Yeah. Like, um, there's, like, people getting strung up, and you mm-hmm. gotta, like, you know, examine bodies and shit. The Batmobile is pretty, pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, that I am uh, definitely okay with. Um, yeah, I he, saw footage of it. It's just like this giant tank that just rolls through the streets. Yeah, so you'll you'll it, the control. I feel like it controls a little weird, but it's a Batmobile, so I guess I kind of yeah. get that. But um, at any point while you're driving, you can pull the left trigger and hold the left trigger, and it morphs into a tank. Mm-hmm. And um, that's battle mode. You can like fucking shoot this giant like sixty millimeter turret. And like this, like minigun thing, and all this other shit. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Whatever you're actually tanking around, <laughs> tanking around. Um, I think that's about it. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts this week, but that's you know pretty yeah. standard. Yeah, I've, I've had like a backlog of a bunch of stuff that I've been meaning to listen to. Like I have like like at least five more episodes of Tell Him Steve Dave. I got to catch up on. Just listen to uh, two fifty, which I think was their last one. Maybe they, maybe they've come up with another one since then. But yeah, they did. They did one with like a mystery theater. Um, yeah, the mystery theater is it a, a crime, like a murder least foul. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, let's let's start with. Uh, do we want to go movies first or do we want to go games first? Um, either one. Um, let, let's just jump into games. We'll do yeah, that. Yeah, we'll do it in order this time. Um, okay. So there's a kind of like an announce, and I feel like this is just something we got to talk about. Um, you remember that Zombie U game? I think it was a launch title for the Wii U. Yeah, the, um, where you had the game pad up and you could like use like it to your, scan the environment for. Yeah, and it was like your like inventory system and everything like that. So um, there was kind of like some. Thing where they patented this game called Zombie, mm-hmm. um, spelled Z O M B I. Yeah. Um, Z O M B I. Sorry. And, and then uh, you know the Wii U version just had the U at the end, so it's just with the U removed yeah. essentially. Um, but they're kind of thinking that this might mean we might see it on uh, current gen consoles: Xbox One, PS4, you know, uh, PC. The only thing I I kind of have a problem with is, I mean, you just look at the graphical mm-hmm. power of. Um, the Wii U, and compare that to uh, you know, yeah, to like, like the Xbox One or the yeah. PS4, and like you just see, like it just doesn't. It's not really much of a comparison. Yeah, exactly. And it's just um, like if they came out with this and they were like, yeah, it's sixty bucks. I don't think anybody's gonna buy it. No. I mean, um, at this point, I'm sure that game is cheap enough on the wii u where if you have a wii u you'll just get it there yeah and really like that would be a bit much the game seemed really cool when i first saw it because like i thought the use of the gamepad was pretty interesting that you know you could scan the environment with it and then you know use it as your inventory and stuff and that your once your character dies dies forever and you have to start over as a new character but you can go and like loot your body of of the last one you were so that seems pretty cool and that seems like it kind of gives like a really good like like a survival kind of sim, like yeah, uh, it's definitely it. very. I think it had uh, it was very ambitious, but I don't think it's something that could be very easily pulled off mm-hmm. on the Wii U, especially with the graphical power yeah. and the whole, like you know power of that console. Um, if they like redid it and like you know added new stuff to it, then I can see charging probably like forty fifty bucks for it. But you know, it's a game that is. Uh, two, three years old now. Yeah. So that kind of makes it a 
you know, I don't think anybody wants to pay no, not that much for that. And also, I think kind of like zombie games are getting a little played out. Like, yeah, I'm tired of seeing them in movies, and I'm really getting tired of seeing them in games because like a horde mode for like most games now is just like let's just throw zombies in. Yeah, and it's yeah, kind of boring. I think it's a bit much. I think we're we're like almost at that tipping point where zombies were really huge. Um, starting maybe uh, around the time we were in high school, maybe like yeah. uh, five, six years ago, it's kind of when they started taking off. Pretty much. Um, that's about the time we had The Walking Dead come out. When it first started coming out was uh, in like 09. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would give it maybe a couple years before that. Because, you know, the comic book was out before then and everything. Yeah, there. I think it might have been around the time when, like, you know, 28 Days Later was taken off and uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead was doing pretty good in theaters and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. About so, that time is when it started coming out. So, I, But I think it's starting to run its course. It's starting to get a little stale. Um, you know, with most zombie things, it's just, it's so predictable. Yeah. I mean, like, how, how many times are we going to have to, you know, just, like, see a horde of zombies that we're going to have to kind of just plow through? I mean, you know, Dead Rising did it three times, and the first two times are pretty cool, and the third time not a lot of people dug. I mean, yeah. there, there's some people who dig it just, you know, so they can go around and, like, kill zombies. But it's just, like, at that point, the only thing you can really do to make it more interesting is just kind of up the scale. Make more zombies, make it like a bigger area in yeah. video games. Like it's just there's only so much you can do with it because zombies aren't necessarily dynamic characters. And people out there might be like, oh, but what about infected? Yeah, technically they're not zombies, but they're still zombies. I mean, yeah, they're still qualified under that zombie pretty, like, pretty dome. Much. So yeah. yeah, I mean it seems it seems cool. It seems cool if it's at the right price point. I would definitely try it out buy it but yeah if it's like a bargain bin like 40 bucks or something i'd probably snap yeah, it. Like, i'm just gonna game fly it i'm not who the fuck am i kidding i'm not gonna go pay for it i'm just gonna get it on Gamefly. um yeah and of course they haven't like announced that it's happening or anything mm-hmm. um it's just kind of one of those things where people have kind of speculated um so we had an instance something happened this last week and people were pretty upset um, Destiny players were pretty yeah. upset. Um, Destiny players were kind of pissed off because there was an interview with um, creative director um, Luke Smith, mm-hmm. and he is in charge. He's like in charge of the Taken King DLC for Destiny and everything. Um, but he was. They did an interview with him um, at E3, and everybody like got really pissed off, and and they translated the uh, interview to. Uh, text and that's how, you, how most people read it. Yeah, um, but he kind of just came off very douchey. <laughs> that's the best way to put it. He kind of just came off like an ass. Um, so pretty much, there's a year one edition of Destiny coming out. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't picked up Destiny, this year one edition at sixty bucks, it comes with uh, vanilla Destiny, mm-hmm. the two expansion packs, and um, what else? It comes with the Taken King. Yeah. Um, so it comes with all that stuff for sixty bucks. If you haven't picked up Destiny, um, and you, and that might be the best time to do it. Yeah. Um, but so there's that, and then there was a collector's edition of that year one that came with uh, three armor shaders for one for each class, mm-hmm. um, three like special items that help boost up your experience, and um, it also came with three exclusive emotes. Okay. So, like, you know how people can wave or, yeah, like, yeah. sit or dance. It came with a, an exclusive one of those. 
So this guy at the interview asked him, like, oh, like, you know, what about me, who's bought all the DLC, who bought the game at launch? Like, what about me? Like, I want those emotes and those shaders and everything. And he was like, well, and he's like, the interviewer was like, you know, well, I don't want to pay $80 for all the stuff I already have just for these three things. Yeah. And the guy was pretty much like, yeah, um, well, it's just whatever it's worth to you. To some people, it's worth it. If it's not worth $80 to you, then, you know, like. He sounds like a dick. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of came off like a, you know, an asshole. Um, Destiny, or, you know, Destiny as a whole, like whoever's in charge of their PR and stuff, came out later in the, uh, a couple days later, and they were like, we apologize for that. Like, you know, we, we want to um, do something for our year, like, you know, our big. People have been supporting us since the beginning. So, if you are a like year one member, year one player, mm-hmm. um, if you've bought both of the DLCs, or if you've reached level t- uh, thirty, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to give you like special armor shaders and like a special little banner thing and like a special um, fucking speeder bike. Yeah. I forget what they're called, but yeah. Um, but still, and they were like, and they came out and they were like, yeah, so. Um, you'll be able to buy all those special emotes and stuff, but it's going to be $20. No, oh, yeah, that's stupid. It's a, like, you know, it's kind of... I don't want, I want to spend 20 bucks for a new way to dance or a new way to wave at somebody. Right, it just seems like a bit much. Like, that price point is pretty fucking high, in my opinion. Um, you know, some people might... It might be worth it to some people, who knows. Um, well, I guess I shouldn't say the dude's like that much of a dick, because, I mean, like... I guess it's just more of like an exercising common sense kind of thing. I mean, yeah, if you already I mean, have all those all those DLCs and you have everything up to that point of the game, but like he's like, oh, I really want these three emotes, and then it's like, well, are you? He's like, I guess it's kind of more saying like, are you really gonna pay eighty bucks for like three new emotes? Right. Yeah, know? and that's pretty. And you know, he uh, he apologized later in the week, and he was like, you know, anybody who knows me, I know it's he. I'll actually read the quote. His apology. Um, he said, anyone who knows me knows I can be sarcastic. Anyone who remembers podcasts I've done knows that I can be pretty blunt. And anyone who's watched me on on VDoc mm-hmm. uh, knows I'm pretty unpolished. However, most of you don't know me. And he's like, remembering my interview with Eurogamer and imagining it came from some random developer of a game I love. That random developer looks like an asshat. But that asshat was me, and those words rightfully anger you. I'm sorry. (laughs) And then he concludes with, uh, My words made it sound as if Bungie doesn't care about their most loyal fans. We do care, we are listening, and we will make it right. Um, So, I mean, he did apologize for it, but I don't think he would have apologized if there wasn't such a big backlash to it, you know? I probably, in all honesty, like like kind of really thinking about it, I don't think I would have apologized at all. Just because, uh, like, I think like people are too thin-skinned, but that's another. Well, that's, that's, that's well, yeah. well, that's another thing. Is um, you know, he is not like the, he's not like a he's not the PR, PR person, yeah. right? He's just like some creative director who came off as sounding like Destiny doesn't really give a shit about its most loyal yeah. players, you know. Um, but there was more more controversy in Destiny. <laughs> Don't worry, there's there's more. Um, so. Uh, a little earlier, um, a couple weeks ago, like right before E3, um, we had found out the name of the DLC officially because some Red Bull cans were uh, like specially marked and said, you know, special DLC for Destiny. Um, 
Uh, and it said the Taken King like out mm-hmm. on this day. So we finally found out what this marketing partnership with Red Bull is doing. So um, if you live in the United States or in Canada, yeah, and if you purchase a specially marked bottle or can or you know a little four pack or whatever yeah. of Red Bull, you will get XP bonuses. But wait. Hidden behind this paywall of a Red Bull yeah. is a multi-stage mission that you can play. Yeah. So you have to have the, you know, you have to buy a Red Bull and get that thing to, in order to play this mission in this game that's already extremely, like, you know, short on yeah. content, in my opinion. Um, so people were kind of upset by that. And a can of Red Bull isn't that expensive, but mm-hmm. the fact that you're hiding... These things away from this forty dollar DLC, yeah, and hiding it before behind an additional like you know three or four dollars, uh, uh, like flavored caffeine. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just that's that that is kind of ups- upsetting because why don't they just release it for like five bucks, right? Like I mean, like they, I think people would be more inclined to get that small mission for five bucks, maybe like maybe four bucks instead of having to go out into the war, real world and get and get like some caffeine yeah and it just it seems a little like um, I understand marketing deals yeah but don't put something like a mission behind that kind of a paywall I understand like XP bonuses yeah maybe um, maybe you get like you know like a special shader or something something mm-hmm. that's kind of like trivial doesn't really add much to the game. Like I think yeah. the most they could go with it is maybe like uh, like some kind of weapon. Yeah, and but not like, something that's like super broken or anything, right? No, it's but just like, like if know, anything, just a cool looking weapon that's not that's kind of just like average. Yeah, like a special like Red Bull shader. So yeah, like here. it's like red, yellow, and blue and shit. Yeah, or something like that. You know, that would make sense to me. I understand that, but to hide a um like DLC story mission. A multi-part story mission, so not just like a single, like you know, one thing mission, and hide it behind this kind of a paywall is kind of upsetting. Yeah. Wait, so like, is it like one code that you have to do? You have to like find the code in like so many cans, or is I'm it like something like? Not like, sure. I think it's like specially marked cans or something like that. I'm not entirely sure. I don't think they've really like come out and said. Is that like a Willy Wonka it. kind of thing? That's but they just kind of said. Um, it's gonna be. This is the stuff that's gonna be hidden behind that. That's stupid. Paywall. It's stupid. Um, the funny thing is, uh, Techland, the creators of uh, Dying Light, kind of took a jab at Destiny. Yeah. After this, they <laughs> took to Twitter, and they said, um, "This is from the Dying Light Twitter page." They were like, we're jumping on the latest trend in game marketing. Hashtag drink right dying light. <laughs> Hashtag drink for DLC. Nice. I thought that was a nice little like funny jab of like Destiny, in my opinion, it's a fun game, but they're just kind of taking these wrong steps. Yeah. In my opinion. And the fact that all this stuff happened within a week is just kind of... It's like, like you guys need to get new PR people. You guys are just fucking up. And, yeah, like it's just... I understand partnerships, and you know some of that might not be Bungie. Some of that might be like Activision, you know, pulling yeah. things on there. And but at the same time, you got to understand that this pisses consumers off. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to push them away from your game, and that's what they seem to be doing at this point. Yeah, it's, it's kind of making me think like maybe it's a good thing I did stop playing Destiny for a little bit. 
maybe just just in hopes that all this will probably maybe bring down the price of some of those DLCs and I can actually get them. You know, yeah. like bring it down at least like five or ten bucks instead of having to shell out twenty dollars for it. But man, I just can't. I just don't understand their their reasoning behind any of this. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Like I, partnerships have been done before. Yeah, I mean, like Call um, of Duty had one with Mountain Dew. Yeah, and Halo does that with Mountain Dew. Yeah, right? that's right. And, um, that whole gamer fuel. But it's reason. just, yeah, yeah. And, and Mountain Dew and Doritos, that's gamer fuel. Like, Pretty much. Right? So, but it's usually like, you know, like uh, XP bonuses or special skins or something like that. You know, it's trivial stuff, really. Yeah. Where it's going to be like, oh, yeah, like yeah, I get an XP bonus uh, Call of Duty if I get a Mountain Dew. Yeah, I'll fucking get a Mountain Dew. Yeah. That's fine. Um, but it just seems kind of douchey to be like, oh, we've got like a couple extra maps in this Mountain Dew box, but you gotta buy the box though. Yeah. It just seems a little like, like you're creating content and holding it behind purposely just so you can get marketing bucks with another company and have, and push their sales as well. It just seems like, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of fucked up. Pretty fucked up. Um... Moving on to some good news. Yeah, moving on to good news. Um, they announced uh, season two of Evolve DLC. Um, so we had the first season, um, which was the four new hunters and the new monster. Yeah, um, they're pretty much promising that same thing: uh, four new hunters and one new monster. Um, the cost, I believe, is right about the same as um, the last season pass. Which, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was yeah. or how much it cost, but. Um, it's kind of cool. I'm glad to see that they're still, you know, injecting some life into that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out in February, right? I think so. So it's been a couple months since it's been out. Um, and, you know, with the new characters, it kind of gets a little stale. Yeah. And they add a lot, but at the same time, you're just constantly wanting new things, right? Mm-hmm. And they've come out and said that this is a... This is a uh, franchise, an IP that they're going to stick with. Yeah. So it makes sense that they're going to support. I'm sure they're working on like an Evolve 2 or ideas for an Evolve 2 already. So it's kind of cool. I think the first character is already out. Yeah, it's like uh, Linux, the newest, right? Yeah, the new Assault class. The new Assault class, yeah. So that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool that they were like, yeah, we're doing Season 2 and here's a new character. Like kind of just like really quick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. Um, Evolve is a game I really enjoyed, and yeah, I, I I remember playing it, and I really really dug it. It's just that I just haven't had the cash to go get it yet. Yeah, and I think right now um, in the Xbox Store, yes, yeah, forty bucks right now, like thirty. 40 so like, bucks. I need to clear some room on the credit card before I can before I can swing that. But I'm gonna definitely try and get that because there's that one, and then they also have on uh, like uh, God damn it, what's it called? Like a, a new world, um, a little little small like. Uh, retro game that came out back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like four bucks, so I'm uh, gonna get both of those. Yeah, and I like the sales that they've been having on Xbox. They're, for the most part, for the most part, they've been pretty good. Like, they had Rayman Legends, and they got uh, they had, you know, Lifeless Planet, and a couple other really cool yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alright, so here's something that, like, it happened a little while ago that they announced that they were going to start taking back um, old games, or retro games. GameStop announced that, uh, I think it was near the beginning of the year, that you can, like, take in your games 
and they would like you know you could get cash from like mm-hmm. NES games, uh, SNES games, N sixty four games, PlayStation yeah. games, all that. Um, so they announced that, and just uh, recently, like this last week, I believe, um, they finally started selling them. So they started reselling these games. Um, I just thought it'd be fun to um, talk about this a little bit because some of the games are fairly cheap. Yeah, like you know, fifteen bucks, and Pretty that's much. something you could be normal and you'd want to pay for. Uh, some of the games are crazy expensive, though. Um, so I am kind of going to go through some of the more expensive ones. Yeah. Um, there's this game called Kelowna Door to Phantom Isle. It's a PS1 game. Um, it was kind of a big deal. It was like a 2.5D mm-hmm. kind of a side scroller thing. I, I have never heard of this game. It's a ever. it's a it's a PS1 like Japanese game. Okay. Um, it's like one of those cult classic games, but that's sixty bucks. Um, there's Jesus. yeah, uh, Power Stone number two. Okay. On the Dreamcast, mm-hmm. um, that's something I'm sure you pay, played. Yeah. Or remember playing? I remember playing it. Um, so that game is sixty nine ninety nine. Um, and some of these things, yes, okay. Um, they were already pretty expensive, like on eBay mm-hmm. already, but um, GameStop isn't helping that at all. No, I, but I think the problem, though, with like people want to buy stuff on eBay, because I don't trust eBay. I've yeah. heard enough horror stories about eBay, but to where like I'm not going to trust a single person to just like send me, like just agree to send me something after I give them my money. Right. Because as far as I know, they're going to send me an empty case. And then if I complain about it to eBay, they're not going to do anything about it. With GameStop, I can see how it's more appealing. People are going to bitch about it a lot more, but I can see how it's going to be more appealing because, you know, you go in there and then you just, like, you know, they just give you a case. You can just go, hey, guys, you know, what the fuck is this shit? And they like, yeah. where's my game? And then you can actually kind of do something about it. And Yeah, yeah. So, so at least with this, they are, you know... Just as, if not maybe a little more expensive than they would be, like, mm-hmm. on eBay, but at least you know you're going to get it. They've, like, taken these games, tested them, and, like, you know, refurbished them mm-hmm. the cases were. That needs to happen. Um, this is a game that I um, thoroughly enjoyed, and I'm, I'm a little upset that it's so expensive. Uh, Mega Man Legends 2 for the PlayStation 1. That's going to um, go quick. Yeah, $70. $69.99 for that one. Shit. Um, that's not too far off. I think Mega Man Legends 1, I bought that game um, a couple years ago for like 40 bucks. Yeah. And even back then, Mega Man Legends 2 was like $90. Yeah. So that's not too far off. I mean, most of these prices, yeah, they sound ridiculous, but they these games have pretty much been this price for a while now. Yeah. Um, there's a game called Cannon Spike. For Dreamcast. Never heard of it. Um, it was a PS1 game, um, but this... Actually, it wasn't a PS1 game. Sorry. Um, it's a Dreamcast game, um, but it was printed in very short quantities. Okay. Um, 80 bucks for that. Uh, Brigadine, The Legend of Forcina, a PS1 game. Uh, $80 for that. Japanese game, right? Tactical RPG. That's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tales of Destiny 2 for the PlayStation 1. Um, yes, 
another Japanese yeah. RPG. It sounds like that's going to be the ones that are going to be the most expensive because well, they're yeah. hardly ever released here in the United States. You know? And when they are released, they tend to be released in very small quantities. Mm-hmm. So $80 for that one. Um, Conquer's Bad Fur Day for the N64. Okay. Uh, $80 for it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Chrono Trigger for the SNES. Well, that one I can understand. $90. Chrono Trigger still is like a really big deal for a lot of people. And then uh, Sudoken, number two. I have a feeling you like, mispronounced that, but. <laughs> That's fine. Um, $90 for it. So it just, God, like the price for nostalgia. I still have like a bunch of Genesis games hanging out in my closet. I wonder if I could get some money for those. It depends on if they're very rare or not. I got got Virtual Bart. I'm not sure how many people have that game. If you like brought in like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, I'm pretty sure they'll be like, yeah, we'll give you like two bucks for it. I'm just curious about how much money... GameStop gave the people who sold these games to them. Yeah, I doubt they gave them very much. Right, because even if you kind of like to sell it for for ninety bucks and to still make it worth your time, you think you'd at least have to double your money on it. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like they would just try and get away with maybe doing like twenty, thirty bucks for it. Yeah. You know, it's just. I mean, hell, that's what they do with current games anyway. They'll give you like fifteen bucks and they resell it at forty. Yeah. And like, you know, what the fuck's happening? And I'm getting, I'm getting fucked over by you know twenty five bucks. Yeah. Is it is like half the time it just doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, you know, if those people out there are getting paid or compensated very well for these games. Yeah. Um, GameStop is definitely going to make a pretty penny selling them because those are games that will sell. Yeah, you know? I don't think there's anything like the publishers can really do about it either because they're so old. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I don't, I don't think they're going to care that much until this really takes off, and I don't think it's going to take long for this to take off. Right. You know, I give I give it like maybe six months for it to really start picking up steam for like people to start bringing in old games, and then maybe like a new uh, a new like store policy kind of happens where like you, you get you bring in an old game. Or and you get like a new game half off, or you get right, like or like you know seventy five percent off, and or like so much store credit because then you won't feel as gypped, but you're still getting gypped. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, I get you. That seems to be the way it's going to be. Uh, if not now, maybe in like the next year or two. Um, one last thing I want to talk about in games, uh, mainly because I feel like a lot of people were upset by this news and I really don't think it's worth getting upset over. Um, so Fallout 4, they announced that, mm-hmm. you know, characters are going to be fully voiced. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's both a female and a male character. Yeah. Um, but I think people were a little upset by that. People were a little upset that, like, it's going to take away from that, like, immersion of a Fallout game. So, of course, in the, you know, in the current... Current Fallout games. So in Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, yeah. your character doesn't speak. Yeah. Um, but your character's going to be fully voiced in Fallout 4. Okay. So a lot of people are kind of, like, upset by that, and they're kind of upset that it's going to take away from, like, that immersion of, you know... Yeah. Fallout. I don't think so. I've never had a problem with playing as a voice protagonist. No. I mean, like, um, granted, though, those seem to be different games than an RPG. Um, like the last Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite, I didn't have like a problem being fully immersed in that game. Yeah, you know that was um, 
extremely immersive to me. The story was really solid and everything. So like in the character designs and the environments were, you know, spectacular to look at. And so I didn't see, you know, much of a problem with it. And with Fallout 4 being more so in every aspect, I think that this just kind of ups their storytelling game yeah, and, that much and more. They, and they've talked to the, you know, the person who made that call to have the voice characters and they straight up were like, yeah, it makes for better stories if you see two people interact. Yeah. Um, or if you hear someone talk. So they're like, in Fallout 3, you can walk out to some, you can walk up to someone and have them talk to you, but then you having to click a response and not saying that response takes away from that immersion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now if you talk to someone and you reply to them when they talk back to you, yeah. that kind of brings you in and pulls you in a little more, in my opinion. It's a little mm-hmm. easier to tell a story when it, it's easier to write, in my opinion, when you don't have to have like this like silent protagonist. Because yeah. I mean, like you kind of make you're kind of compensating for an emotional response that isn't there. Right. So I mean, so like, and when that emotional response to like what someone just said or any kind of response isn't there, you kind of just like are kind of left flat. And what, like, and if, especially if they react in like a an appropriate way to like really bad news or whatever, kind of seems almost funny, right. you know? Because it's like I it's like I chose what to say, but I didn't say anything. And then you know you see kind of someone spaz out. Just kind of that in my mind takes me out of the game. Yeah, exactly. And and it seems really cool because you think about Fallout Three, and I've been playing Fallout Three on my PC. I think I talked about this a little last week, um, but. Um, so there's so many different like dialogue choices whenever you talk mm-hmm. to someone. You can either you know have like a more of a good response where you're just let's say some kid. So that kid that gets killed or has everybody killed in that town by the fire ants. Yeah. So you can either be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna help you, or you can just be like, fuck off, kid. <laughs> right. So it just to have that actually like come out of your character. And have the other character, like, respond appropriately Mm -hmm. seems a lot better to me than just clicking something and thinking, like, you know, it just, it really all depends on how you deliver that line. Yeah. Right? So, like, you can be like, fuck off. Or you can be like, you know, just depending on how you say it, it it can kind of have, like, a different feel to it. Yeah. You know, certain things you can, like, say sarcastically, right? Mm -hmm. Like sure, yeah. I'll, I'll help you, kid. Like that would be just as the characterization of characters that you don't normally that you probably wouldn't see that much. And then, and then it's just and then that is just you know contributing to world building at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't have a problem with it. I don't see why everybody's freaking out. I understand that Fallout. You know, you play this specific character, you make your character, and everything. Yeah. Um, I think what they could have done. I understand that the. These voice actors have been in there for a long time. Yeah. Right? So they've been recording lines for a very, very long time. Um, but maybe perhaps have like a second voice actor choice. Yeah. You know, because some games do that, right? Where you mm-hmm. look, And usually the games that do that have a lot less dialogue. Yeah. But you can usually either pick different styles of voices yeah. or like mess with the pitch so you can have a very, very high pitched yeah, voice. You can modulate it up and down yeah. or whatever. I think something like that. And maybe they will have something like that, but um, I'm so excited for Fallout. I don't see why anyone's complaining about this game. 
they could serve me a fucking turd on a plate, <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. Alright. The graphics are like, amazing. Like, it's irradiated, it's like, though, right? It's like, I can, like, smell this world right if now. I, if I scan it with my, uh, Pip-Boy. <laughs> I can see the composition of it. 20% nuts, 10% corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll leave on that. Now, let's take a break here. And we'll be back with a little talk well, about movies. We don't want to talk about more shit that Fallout's gonna give us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be back with a little more shit talking. Not like in a bad way. Not where you're like talking shit. Like where we talk about no, shit. No, see, we're going to be reviewing each other's fecal matter for the next half of the podcast. <laughs> and then we're going to examine each other's diets and see what we can do. Now, if only this were a video podcast. <laughs> it's like brought to you by Smell-O-Vision. You know, it's just, it'll be just like that Shrek 4D. <laughs> <laughs> instead of like, it's just instead of just that little like mist of water, it's kind of that little mist of shit that just gets everywhere on you. <laughs> All right, enough talking about shit. Let's take a break. Favorite movies that I've seen so far this year. Same. Same uh, here. Jurassic World. Yeah. Okay, um, so this is this might be a little bit of a spoiler heavy. Maybe not spoiler heavy. I, I mean, really, it's a Jurassic Park movie. You should already know kind of what's going to happen anyway. Essentially, park opens, all shit breaks loose, and yeah. That's um, about it. So um, I do want to say something. So, so last week we were talking about, or I don't know if we talked about it on the air. I think we did it. Um, but you were talking about how you went to go try and watch Jurassic World. Um, but it, the seats were all filled up, so you went to go watch Spy instead. Yeah. Right? Um, and so I've got this funny story. So Ann and I go last Saturday, last Saturday, last Sunday. We go last mm-hmm. Sunday to go watch uh, Jurassic World, and we pay for our tickets. We go inside, and the sign outside of the door says Spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were like, uh, whatever. They might have like fucked it up, whatever. So we go in there and we sit in for all the like you know movie previews, and the movie starts. And we're like, um, is this Jurassic World? <laughs> and then Jude Law shows up, and we're like, yeah, no, this isn't Jurassic World. We need to get the fuck out of here. We need to go. So I was like, so I was like, it almost happened. What happened <laughs> to me with you? Um, and I was like, the whole time I would have been like, okay, this is a good movie, but we're the fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it, it got to, like, I was disappointed that I had to see Spy, and don't get me wrong, Spy was great, it was a fantastic, you know, comedy, I loved it, and, like, the characters were great, Jason Statham, fucking hilarious in that movie, but I wanted to see fucking dinosaurs, I, I wanted to see dinosaurs for the next two weeks, but I couldn't fucking see it, because there was so many people who were there to see the movie, so I had to go to the very first showing at the theater. Right. And even then, when I got to the... And I leave for my movies like an hour ahead of time, 
just because like I've just learned over the years. Yeah, I left yeah. an hour ahead of time uh, for the 10 o'clock showing, which was the first one being shown in the movie theater, and it was already sold out. Right. So, I, but luckily I was able to grab the, um, the next one, which was at 10.30, and I was able to, I went in there, so I was an hour and 30 minutes before the movie was even gonna start. And let me just say, like within 20 minutes, that entire theater was just packed. See, it's weird because I had the I had the complete opposite experience. Uh, so we go on Sunday, and I get the ticket. And I finally saw the ticket like when we were jumping in between theaters, mm-hmm. and the dude had told me a ticket for Spy, yeah. not for Jurassic World. Um, both the movies started at the same time too, so I can see where there's some confusion. But Spy sounds nothing like Jurassic World. No. So, um, <laughs> but. Um, it was so weird because I go and we sit in the theater. It's a 10.30 showing on a Sunday. So, of course, like 10.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's going to be like a lot less packed. But the spy theater, um, maybe like 30, 40 people in there. Yeah. The Jurassic World Theater, there was like 10 people in there. That's that's kind of strange, right? Yeah, I had like it's a weird, completely different experience. Maybe those people just thought they were seeing Jurassic World and they were like, "This is a weird <laughs> movie for Jurassic World." This, I, like I didn't think Melissa McCarthy would be in this movie with Jason Statham talking about you know a nuclear bomb. Right? Where are the dinosaurs? Maybe they nuked the dinosaurs. Who knows? <laughs> so okay, so Jurassic World. Um, I want to write a review of it as soon as I get some time to do it, but um, essentially, like, my thoughts on Jurassic World, like, a lot of people uh, are, I guess my thoughts on it are kind of just what a lot of people else thought of it when they first saw the first trailer come out several months ago, and that was, like, when, like, uh, they see Chris Pratt on the motorcycle with the Raptors next to him, and... Some people thought that was the coolest thing in the world, and some people thought that was, like, the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. And... I, like, the, the one thing I'm saying is that like, you've seen up to this point three different movies with bio bio is a like bio engineered engineered fucking dinosaurs. dinosaurs and like all this other shit and this is the thing you're like okay this is this is much, ridiculous it's like you can't just have that willing suspension of disbelief for dinosaurs but you can't have it to where they like, draw the line at Chris Pratt with running with Velociraptors. Yeah. I mean like it's, it's not that much it, of a it, leap. It, it, and it makes sense in the context of, of the, the movie. Film. Yeah. When you just see that trailer you're like okay this is fucking kind of ridiculous. But okay and this is probably where the spoilers are going to start. Like I said there can only be so much to the Jurassic yeah. Park movie but um, so the dinosaurs uh, it's three Velociraptors um, they all imprinted on Chris Pratt at birth, mm-hmm. and he's been with them for years, training yeah. them and stuff. Um, four raptors. Is it four raptors? It might be four. It's yeah, four. yeah, it was four. It was four. it was four. it was four. I don't know why I was thinking three, but yeah, it is four uh, raptors. But they all imprinted on him at birth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's kind of important. That he uh, he he kind of talks about. It. He's like, you know, yeah, he's, they're like. The only reason they respect me is because I'm the alpha. Yeah. But the second that one of them can fucking, you know, take me down, then it's then, then, like, game over. Power, power struggle's over. Yeah. But, um, it's like, it's like, so, like, in, in this world, like, it's not, it's not much of a leap to believe that, uh, 
you know, that we've done something to their minds, to their brains, to where, like, they're just, like, they're able to be domesticated in some way. To an extent. I mean, like, it's, it's not that much of a leap, you know? Yeah, I and mean, it's been 20 years since the events of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, this park has been open for just, I think, like, 20 years, right? So it's yeah. probably a little more, a little further that Jurassic Park has been open. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's been, I think, I guess, like, to say it's safe to assume that it's been open since, uh, you know, the third Jurassic Park movie, right, so right. probably after that one, they uh, they probably just imported like all those dinosaurs from that location to that's safe to assume to, like, to, to like, this new okay, park. So let's just say it's been open for twenty mm-hmm. years. It's been twenty years since the events of the first one. Um, they've genetically modified all kinds of dinosaurs at this point. They made new ones. Um, yeah, exactly. So there's not it's not too much to believe yeah. that you know it's possible that we could. Not like, of course, like fully domesticate these creatures, but at least train them. Train them to where they're not going to just straight up like attack everyone at like right. a drop of a hat. You know, they're not going to be feral beasts. They're just right. they're, they're going to be they're they're going to be like zoo animals. You know, yeah, which exactly. is, it's not it's not hard to imagine in this right. in this world. Um, so Chris Pratt, his whole thing is he's been training these velociraptors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's InGen. InGen is the is the company behind these raptors, and still, you know, the company There's, that uh, is being run by John Hammond's, uh, like, like I guess, like his uh, successor that he personally named. Right. Um, uh, it's like Maserati, something like that. But they also have all the uh, they have like security mm-hmm. as well, like a private, like a little militia thing yeah. going on with like the uh, asset containment units right. and stuff. Um, so. Pretty much, um, who's the, what's his fucking name? The doctor that was in the first one, who's in this Henry. One? Henry. Henry Wu. Henry Wu. How do I know that? Because I've seen the first Jurassic Park movies, like, a million times at right. this point. But, okay, so Henry Wu, he, he's kind of one of the only staples, right? Yeah, he's the, the only, only returning, left. he's the only returning cast, cast member, member, uh, to these movies, to this right. movie. Right. Um, so pretty much he's been continuously working on dinosaur tech, mm-hmm. essentially, since... Um, he, the first he's the reason park. why like this park exists for the most part. Right. Um, so he's just been building things up, and uh, apparently their kind of visitors have been stable. Mm-hmm. Um, they realize that every time there's a new attraction, though, that you know they, they spike attendance up. spikes. So so they, they have do? investors from Verizon. Verizon Wireless <laughs> presents the Andromedus Rex, which right. is the brand new um, dinosaur that they make for the um, they made, uh, and it's, it is just a completely vicious. They they pretty much said make the most vicious dinosaur you can think of. Yeah, and so we know it's like half T Rex. But we don't know anything else about it, really. We just know that it's yeah. a whole bunch of hodgepodge of fuck. Is it until, until like, near the end of the movie, then we kind of realize what the rest what of it, it is. is. Right. Um, but, okay, so um, they bring in Chris Pratt. They, like, Chris Pratt, like, train this fucking dinosaur. You know, like, figure well, out what's going yeah, on like, with it. I mean, like, if anyone's going to know what to do, it's Chris Pratt in this movie. Right. Because it's always Chris Pratt in every movie from now on. But essentially, he was they, like they you know wanted to ascertain you know the capabilities of this animal, and not only that, but also see if like the containment they have for this animal Would is safe enough. and is right. enough. And so you know they call him in, and that's kind of how he gets involved with the whole thing. So I guess into to avoid like more spoilers and kind of like how it ends um, until like later on, I guess like let's just kind of like go with. What we felt about this movie. Did you feel like this was a proper Jurassic Park, Jurassic whatever movie? 
It was the dinosaur movie that I've wanted, that I've waited for my entire life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it like Jurassic Park? No. No. I would not put this anywhere near Spielberg's Jurassic Pretty Park. Pretty much, yeah. Like, I don't it, think that this is miles away from the Spielberg movie. It's it's definitely like, it's like 100% less story and 100% more action. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the story writing, in, in my opinion, it was fucking horrible. The, yeah, like yeah. the tropes, the whole like you know, like women into like strung up like woman, and like Chris Pratt's the cool guy that's gonna like you know unwind her. It's just well, kind of like I it's guess. Just, it's, I, I guess I didn't really see it that much. I mean, like anyone who's in like a situation where they're running a theme park full of vicious killing machines is gonna be strung up and has to be strung up in order to run that park. So in my mind, it made a lot of sense. And, you know, Chris Pratt, you, I mean, Chris Pratt's just been characterized as, like, the funny dude or, like, the laid-back guy. So, you know, it's just, that's just how he's going to be. So he's going to have to be, like, that heart of the movie kind of thing anyway. Yeah, I just feel like the the whole thing seemed forced, their, their relationship. I think it could have been, like, it could have been fit in better because, I mean, like, the, the way they have, like, the relationship between uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character and Chris Pratt's character is that they dated before. But they didn't date. They went on. They went on a date. And come on, like really, like you're gonna say something like, "Who brings an itinerary to like a date?" Like nobody actually does that. Like Like, that's kind of like a little ridiculous. It's kind of. I'm pretty sure there are some people who are severe OCD out there who probably have done that and like have scared away everyone forever. But like I think that like in an actual situation, like you know that never happens. And it just kind of seems like it's a very '90s kind of. Uh, kind of thing to say for a modern film, right? And it does it, it like yeah, exactly. In a modern film, it doesn't really it doesn't really fit. And yeah. like if they would have if this would have been like a Jurassic Parky kind of Jurassic Park, yeah, uh, kind of a movie, then I would maybe understand a little more. Yeah, but it's I mean, just, yeah. Nah. I, I get it because I mean, like the way Spielberg does his stuff, he like like Spielberg likes to do stuff where like people are kind of, like the the. The, the relationships between people and then the relationships between the external parts of everything else. I mean, like right. if you look at E.T., he like it's a very human relationship between Elliot and E.T. Right. And and like you and you see that um, that closeness kind of bring the rest of his family together, his brother and his sister. Right. You know, when when before like in the movie, you know, it's still kind of same bratty, you know, little siblings, you know, with the older sibling, blah blah yeah. blah. And then you know you see in Jaws and you see uh, like this this um, very Concerning human relationship between uh, between you know Chief Brody and his family, and then the relationship he has with uh, with you know Doctor Hooper and um, and Quint later on in the film, and then like that whole struggle with you know man versus nature. So and that kind of carried over into Jurassic World. I mean, like I'm kind of going out of order here of his like of his right. filmography, but and then you kind of go into Jurassic Park, and it's just this um, you see the relationship between Doctor Sattler and Doctor Grant. And then you see then like the external parts of of that world, you know, Hammond, the way uh, their relationship with him, the relationship with Dr. Ian Malcolm, and then uh, their their struggle against nature. Right. So you have all of this, and then they kind of just took away, as you said, a lot of the story elements. 
because they kind of just like they kind of just said they put to the wayside any kind of actual relationship because the nephews in the movie the two Bryce Dallas Howard's character I mean like their storyline was okay it wasn't bad I didn't have much of a problem with it, it, um, it but like the, the the whole motivation it just, with everything concerning that concerning that relationship between the two just kind of felt like it's just kind of like in my opinion everything just felt a little forced so um it's kind of like you that know, first like forty minutes of the movie were kind of like meh, and yeah. then the last like hour and twenty minutes is just kind of like so. The best, so like, at some point, stuff. the um, the um, lady who's in charge of the park or running yeah. the park, um, she's the aunt of these two kids, right? Yeah, or the two kids um, you see in, in the trailer, the right? Trailer and the, um, the kid's mom. Um, at some point, like, calls her and is like, oh, like, where are they? Like, you need to be there because, like, the older one picks on the younger one, like, all the time. And she starts, like, crying and shit. Yeah. And just, like, some of this stuff just was, like, uh, it was so upsetting. And then you find out that the parents are, like, going to go through a divorce. Yeah. And the kid's, like, the younger kid is genuinely concerned and sad about it. And the older kid's just like, fuck you. I'm leaving in a couple, <laughs> like, weeks anyway. This is your so, problem, like, kid. That's Later. <laughs> you know. He just, uh, it just, and then the kid, uh, the older one is like very like love struck and he's just like checking out like all these ladies like the mm-hmm. whole time and it's just like, well, that kid did have a really great line. What do you expect is going to happen if you just stare at them? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. I thought it was great. So, so it just, some of the stuff was just so like tropey and it felt really out of place in a movie that comes out in 2015. Yeah. Right. Cause now I feel like we've definitely taken steps forward as far as like, you know, like sexism and feminism and like you know like relationships and shit and all this mm, other I would stuff. just say characterization in general has it, grown just, a lot more it's, it's a lot better than it was 20 30 years ago yeah I mean like because uh, I think it's just because there's been a lot of really cool risks taken in films that hasn't been taken and you know what oddly enough people kind of like like people who said that stuff and you know I could say oh it was like a movie like back from like 30 years ago back in like the 70s 80s which I'm pretty sure is what they're imagining in the 70s there's a lot of really cool chances people took with a lot of different movies back then and now we're kind of repeating that there's a lot of really cool chances people are taking with different movies that we haven't seen before I mean like no no way in hell like 10 years ago would we have gotten another Jurassic had had we gotten Jurassic World after Jurassic Jurassic Park 3 we we wouldn't have gotten it and there's no way in hell we would have gotten some you know like uh, I mean I'm kind of going back a little bit further but like um, we we wouldn't have gotten some like the children of men um had like you know like back in like the 90s right we, we, we wouldn't have it's like and like that's the same going with you know back in the 70s we had you know these kind of leap forwards like with you know THX 1138 and then Star Wars from Lucas and then we had you know all these really cool creative properties kind of spring out of this whole blockbuster kind of thing like yeah and, and it, it feels like that that process repeating we're seeing a lot of a lot more films that are taking more risks yeah i mean like look at like we, we championed this movie a little while ago and it's finally coming out hopefully like it comes to my hometown but like dope is getting like rave reviews and that's probably a movie that wouldn't have been made back in the 90s unless it was made by spike yeah, lee even, which would have been horrible even like 10 years ago i don't think that movie would have been made pretty much yeah you know like uh 2005 yeah something like that i don't think would mm-hmm would be made um but let's um let's leave all the story shit behind because i think we can safely say that with the story we're less than satisfied yeah it, um i think they could have gotten 
a different, a better screenwriter for the film. Yeah, um, which had Michael Crichton not died, I think he could have done something with right. it. Uh, in the sequel, and I say this because, of course, there's going to be a sequel. It would be stupid. For I kind of hope there is. I really there, do there hope there is. There has to be. Okay, so, um, spoilery, I guess. I mean, um, at the end of the movie, everybody's evacuated the island, but the dinosaurs are still running around. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, uh, Dr. Wu escapes the island mm-hmm. with uh, Velociraptor embryo- embryos. Yeah. Uh, we don't hear w- about what happens to them after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course there's going to be second yeah. Like, But um, I hope it, it was how much money this, this fucking movie's made. This movie's, essentially, this movie's printing money at this point. This whole year has been printing money. I heard yeah. a thing coming out. This has been like the most successful box office year yeah. ever. So. I mean, like, you know, the Avengers movie... You know, grossed like a shit ton of money. Mad Max like has like did made far more money than anyone thought Mad Max would have made. Yeah. Um. And you know, Jurassic, Jurassic World, World is just like stomped out both of those movies like they were nothing. You had um, Fast and Furious came out this year, right? Yeah. So that's also a huge uh, money maker. Uh, you're gonna have Star Wars come out at the end of the year. Um. Huge, huge year for movies, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but back to what we were talking about. Um, so there is going to be a sequel. I can, uh, I'll, I'm willing to bet some in and out right now <laughs> that there's going to be a sequel. I mean, so I imagine there's going to be a sequel. I just hope that they just don't take this and make it into like a series of movies and then kind of run it back into the ground. Right, right. Because right. I would be very upset if that happens. Because like Jurassic Park was like a, was essentially one of my babysitters as a kid. Whenever my like my parents really needed to like get something done, need to fucking go, you know, just like you know, Joey, sit your ass down on the couch and watch Jurassic Park. Yeah, I would watch Jurassic Park. I would watch it like you know a couple times in a row. I loved that movie. That movie was like a good a good chunk of my life and. Uh, you know, same with a couple other films too. But um, Jurassic Park was just like a like a really important is a really important film to me, and I would just really be upset like if it just kind of got run into the dirt. To have a very good revival, because this is a good happen. revival. Yeah, I mean, I think like um, like more focus on the script. And uh, and then maybe like maybe just a change in script and a change in um, maybe produ- in producer um, possibly um, like maybe overall decision maker being different. But other than that, I think the director did pretty well. Yeah, the director I felt, did well. The action sequences yeah. in that movie fucking blew my yeah. mind. The actors, in my opinion, were very you know, were were pretty good. They uh, you know just had the the script that they worked with and you know. I think it was pretty good. Uh, I just think that maybe, like, as I said, focus on the script. Maybe not so much as in, like, you know, the direction that's in the script. I felt the direction that was in the script was actually pretty good. Um, maybe just, like, a focus in on dialogue and actually kind of making these people seem more human. Relatable. Even more right. relatable in a way as opposed to just kind of being, you know, kind of stereotypical of, like, I wouldn't say stiff, but just kind of, like, you can kind of just tell what they're going to be saying. Right. Like, like in every situation. Okay, so this last scene, uh, of course, everybody gets off that. Well, some people died. I was very surprised with this. So I want to talk about the action sequences, too. Yeah. Um, people fucking died in this movie. Well, I guess it's, I guess, like, um, in the context of the story, um, throughout the entire Jurassic Park series, 
Um, like in the first movie, there was maybe like a small handful of people. Yeah, on the min- minimal death in the first movie. Yeah. So you got the dude got eaten on the toilet, and a couple of other people randomly got. Eaten. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but uh, it wasn't. It wasn't like a focus of the movie, of course, or anything. No. Um, but compare that to this one, and you have like people dying essentially left and right. Yeah. I think it's more so like a change in what people want because I mean right. I think a lot of people who were in this like like who went to go see this movie want to see people get eaten by don't dinosaurs. get me wrong I'm not saying that the eating thing was wrong like bad or I didn't like it it just caught me by surprise yeah that, that um, they actually went for it as opposed and, to know, just and showed like on screen deaths mm-hmm. a lot. Um, one of the biggest ones there's a point where the pterodactyls get out so mm-hmm. the aviary gets broken open because the Andromedus Rex is in there. Yeah. And then they like break through and like all these fucking pterodactyls are flying all over the place. Um, but there is an assistant, the assistant to um, uh, what's her name? To um, well, to Claire. The, right. Claire, the lady who runs the park. Um, so the assistant to her, she's taking care of the kids and she's like looking for them. Um, but there's a sequence when the pterodactyls get out and the ter- one pterodactyl swoops in and picks her up. Yeah. But she's like too heavy or she's like fighting or something. So the pterodactyl drops her. Another and one, another swoops, one in. swoops in, picks her up, and then like she gets dropped again. And so this big pile of body of water. Right. And and for a second you're like, okay, so she's in the water, like she's fine. And then all of a sudden you see like pterodactyls like you know, like like birds, like sea yeah. birds for fish. They like just swoop in, so they swoop in and one of them like picks her up in the beak and like it's like going to fly up and then all of a sudden this fucking giant water dinosaur alligator thing comes up and fucking eats her. Eats her. Jesus oh, Christ. <laughs> and even then it's not even going for her, it's going for the pterodactyl. Right. The she whole, just happened to be there. The whole time I'm just staring in awe at this like sequence of events yeah. that I would never think to see that I would have never seen in Jurassic Park. Yeah. It would have ne- never happened. Mm-mm. But that was... It was beautiful. Yeah, it was so so like just like I thought. I thought that was kind of like the more like the more intense scenes because like as soon as she dropped into the water, everyone knows what's about to happen, right. and we just go like, "It's like oh my god, what's going? It's like how is it? How is it going to happen?" Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "What?" And then I see the things come in. And I was like, "Are they just going to fucking like skewer her?" Like, it's like yeah, I was going like, skewer? "I was like, okay, what's going on right now?" I was like, like "How is this fish kebab? Like, what is this?" I was like, "I, th- I thought like um, a lot of those uh, death scenes were pretty interesting, pretty cool." I mean. I mean, uh, like half of the time, like you, ha- like I mean, like in the context, once again, in the context of the story, like there's a far more people. There's a bigger cast of people in this in this film, right? And a lot of the deaths come from like employees and like the asset containment units that are in the film. So um, their deaths are kind of crazy, and also kind of is like kind of ridiculous. In, in one instance, there's like this scene where this dude is—it's not necessarily a shotgun because they have like non-lethal weapons with them right. um, to contain the Andromedus Rex. Essentially, what it is is like—I I guess it's kind of like this really heavy-duty fucking pellet gun um, that maybe shoots out like you know the, I guess like the size of a shotgun shell right. like rubber bullet to try and like you know uh, take something down but he's just standing in front of it as it's charging at, it, as he, at him with like its mouth open and then just like, he just stands there and keeps shooting instead of you know like maybe, maybe I should kind of duck out of the way or take a quick step to the left I think at that point I think he had seen most of his other like teammates die he just goes so like fuck it at that point you're just like alright so I'm fucking dead there's nothing I can do leave Jenkins. Pretty much. And then Jenkins gets eaten. Um, yeah. So, like, I guess, like, in that instance, 
that was kind of ridiculous, but I heard a lot of people kind of say that, you know, like, a lot of these characters are really stupid, but then, like, I also kind of want to say, like, uh, like, I don't think anyone expected this dinosaur to be smart as it is, because when you deal with an animal and, like, like, uh, you know, as you would, like, you would kind of just think it's a dumb animal that's going to kind of just go off of instinct, right? Right. It's not going to lay traps for you. So, like, when, you know, something does that you don't expect to, you know, set up a trap for you or to kind of hunt yeah. you down as it is, you're, yeah, you're going to yeah. underestimate they, his capabilities. Even, like, at some point, um, I think it was Chris Pratt who said it, but he, yeah, at some point, the dramatist Rex, he's out, he's running around, mm-hmm. but he, like, kills all these brontosauruses. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, he pretty much says some along the lines of, like, this killing we're, for sport. We're, we're so used to, like, you know, everything else is a mouse and we're the cat and they're like well we're not we're just not used to being the mouse yeah they know it's like we're used to being the cat and right right exactly um, who, who said it in the movie i don't remember who said it but that line it kind of like puts into perspective that this thing henry Wu said it because he said uh, right, right he right. said um is like like uh it's like a monster is relevant it's like to right. it's like to a it's like to a bird a cat is a monster it's like we're just used to being the cat and, right and exactly i thought that was actually a really cool line i yeah, thought that, that was, that was a pretty bitchin line and it puts into perspective again like i said um the, what this dinosaur is capable of. Yeah. Um, awesome. I think everybody should I watch think, yeah. this. Um, I'm definitely, I definitely want to give it another watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, my, my next, uh, my next time I want to see this cause I want to see it again. I, uh, I want to go to an IMAX theater and check this movie out. Yeah. So that's, that, that's my next little, little journey. I yeah. Go I on. mean, I watched it just regular, you know, just a regular, film i would like to see it uh you know an imax 3d because i'd like to see some of that just just add to that extra level of of movie greatness right? yeah so uh to kind of keep in in line with um jurassic world uh i guess jurassic the jurassic uh, developing team um they're uh developing another one of michael Crichton's books into a movie um it's called micro and uh I'm not entirely... I've never heard of this book. I have never heard of this property. Um, and I honestly don't know too, like a whole lot about it. And so in that book, it's just like a very basic synopsis. Uh, there's a group of students and they go to like Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they get shrunk down to the size, the size of an ant. And, and then they get sent out into the jungle. Essentially, it's like Honey Shrunk the Kids, but like that one sequence where they're like with the ant the entire time. Right. It's going to be that entire part. Um, it's going to be Jurassic World, but instead of dinosaurs, it's going to be like bugs and ants and birds and just normal creatures. Rick Moranis is going to be freaking out looking for <laughs> looking for his lost kids. But like I've never read this book, so I don't know like plot details, as I said. I don't yeah, know I haven't read it either. I read like a basic synopsis. Um, but yeah, um, but Frank, Frank Marshall is set to produce the film. He's produced like stuff like Back to the Future and Raiders of the Lost Ark before. So I guess that would kind of like give you the feel of right. what that movie would look like and feel like. Yeah. Um, I hope it feels very 80s. I want it to be a very 80s movie. And in my in my opinion, kind of reading this, but um, but even if the, even if let's say if they just recreate Jurassic World essentially with this new setting, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it. Yeah. At this point, um, if you want to make Jurassic World anything, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Just giant ants fighting each other, and like someone getting squished by an ant that's had its 
head chopped off by yeah. her aunt. So um, th- this movie is set for development um, by DreamWorks, which is kind of a strange uh, kind of you know uh, pick because right. if you look at the other stuff that Michael Crichton's you know books were developed into movies, you know Jurassic Park, um, Congo, which was a pilot dog crap, and um, <laughs> the, the Andromeda Strain, and a couple other films. Right. Um, there's a, there's a certain tone to his to his books. Right, right. Um, so to this to be developed by DreamWorks is kind of interesting. Right. So if they go the animated route with this, which they might because it's DreamWorks, um, I wonder if they make it as adult as I'm assuming the book is. Right. Because uh, it, because if they do, then that's just going to be pretty cool to see. Um, I would want to see that because everybody is always chopped up animation any kind of like animation kind of thing mm-hmm. to just kid stuff. Right? Pretty much. I like uh, to see adult oriented, not necessarily like porn. You can find that kind right, of stuff right. anywhere else. But, but like, like, you I, know, I like see... adult content as far as like violence and like those kind of like gritty stories. Yeah, I want a mature storyline from a, an animated movie or show that's not, you know, that's not a comedy. Right, right. I w- it would be really nice to see something. Um, I, you know, I think animation needs those things to prove to the world that it's not just mm-hmm. for kids. Pretty much. Uh, it needs that extra steps of like, yeah, this is this is a big deal. Like, you know, it's just a different form of producing these movies. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited for it. I'm not quite sure about the release date or because I know that they just acquired the rights to it. We're looking at a couple of years from now. Yeah. So... Just to get, um, because like this was uh, written back in, like before he died, so before 2008, I guess. Yeah. And, and I guess it was barely published in 2011. Um, so I guess like uh, maybe five years from now. Yeah, I could see I would say four, five, five years, years from now. Um, after they get scripts. Cause, yeah, because right now acquiring the rights is just getting the okay to make the movie. So you got to write the scripts and go through the script process. Yeah. And movies get tied up in scripts all the time. Yeah. So where where they won't get greenlit, so they're just in script form for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say they do the process and it gets greenlit right away. We're looking at about a year's worth of writing. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to do all the screen testing and everything. Got to shoot the movie, which shoot and of course like edit and do all this other stuff for them yeah um and this is assuming that it is a live action film yeah um you're looking about another year doing that um you're looking like three three four years yeah if you're doing something animated completely different story because animation takes a fucking long ass time so so I guess we'll, like we'll just have to wait and see on this one, but I'm pretty excited for this movie. And as I said, like I don't think this kind of movie would have been made just like a few years ago. You know, yeah. Back in the early 2000s, this movie would never have been made. Um, most of, mostly because the book happens like wasn't written at that point. Right, but right. Also, but if it had, if it had this kind of movie, I don't think would have been made. Yeah. Because I think people would have just gone like this isn't like as I said this isn't Honey Shrunk the Kids. So no one's gonna want to see this movie. Right. There's no audience for this movie. I think that this I think kind of Jurassic World helped 
in this because if anything, if anything, it's going to bolster, um, you know, uh, attention to the first three movies and then back to the Michael Crichton book. Right. And then as soon as people discover Michael Crichton book, if they like that stuff, then they'll like read more of his stuff. And then the first movie, I'm guaranteeing you like a, like the first book they're going to pick up after Jurassic Park would be micro because it's the latest one he did. The last one he did. So this one seems pretty interesting. I'm pretty excited for this. Um, moving on though, enough about Jurassic World. I can talk about Jurassic World all day. I think. Um, just talking about the fucking dinosaurs eating people. Just, I'm still just. I like dinosaurs. Just like thinking about, like it's just a dinosaur movie I've always wanted. Yeah. Right. Just violence and dinosaurs and blood and all <laughs> kinds of things. Teeth. Lots of teeth. Um, but to move on to other big blockbusters that are set to come out. Right. Let's talk about um, Civil War. Yeah. Spider-Man is going to be making an appearance in the new in the third Captain America movie, Civil War, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a big of, part of that storyline. Yeah. He, he was he was very important. He was almost I would say like the main focus of the Civil War comic storyline. Yeah. He kind of in the sense yeah. where he like switched sides and you know he he, he was kind of like that. That really close. That like, he was kind of like one of the big name heroes that was kind of taken, right. like that uh, kind of had a switch of heart, and then kind of made his stance about it and everything. Right, right. Um, so yeah, he's confirmed, um, and he's the same guy who's going to play Spider-Man. In this film is going to play Spider-Man in the new Spider-Man films that are set to come out by Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty cool. Pretty excited. Yeah, um, I'm pretty excited about it. I have a very strong feeling that this is going to be better than all the other Spider movies that Sony has made um, since you know Spider Man Three. Right, right. Um, and I'm just, I'm just really excited to see like a Marvel produced Spider Man uh, movie, even just, though just it's going to have the just, Sony logo on it. Just to get yeah, like a tease of what could be at some point never in the future because mm-hmm. Sony's never going to give up the rights to Spider-Man nope. um, but I, at this point I mean Marvel might as well just make man spider and yeah. make him look exactly like Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> just inverted colors um, so uh, he's um, and they also have um, they also found their uh, their uh, their actor um, let's see if I can actually remember what the fuck his name was um, some British dude, uh, some white kid. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's Peter Parker. I mean, some people were kind of like uh, like Thomas Holland, something like that. Um, uh, some people were kind of making a big deal about that, even though something that shouldn't be made that much of a big deal of, because you know Peter Parker is white. Sorry guys, that's just yeah, kind of no, how but, it is. Yeah, but but they could have. <laughs> You know, easily chosen Miles Morales for their comic. Or, I you know, would cinematic argue universe. against that because not everybody knows who Miles Morales is. Right. So I mean, everyone knows who Peter Parker is. Yeah, but just because everybody knows who this character is doesn't mean that they're they should make a movie about him. Nobody knows who the fuck Ant Man is, but he's in a movie. Yeah, I guess it's just yeah that 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 is pretty point, and also the fact that he's the second Ant Man who like also no one not a lot of people really know about either. Right. Um. I I can't even remember the character's name any anyway. So you know it's I think it's uh, it's one of those things where, um, Marvel is just a very white man oriented, mm. you know, kind of a thing. I mean, like. If um like if, if they wanted Miles Morales, they would kind of have to do some gymnastics to do it because they would have to find a way to introduce him as 
not Peter Parker Spider-Man, but they would have to, you know, go like, so there's another Spider-Man, and you know his name is Miles Morales. He's you know this black kid, whatever. So when you say so, when you introduce like a new character like that, that pretty much like like not like a lot of people are going to be going like this is a Spider-Man, and hell, that's not even just saying you know comic book like comic fans, but comic, a lot of comic fans embrace Miles Morales right. um, in the Ultimate Universe, and. Uh, it's like, um, but people want to see first off and foremost, especially because like, like I really like the, the Peter Parker character. Um, you know, uh, I want to see a good fucking Peter Parker Spider Man movie first, and then like if he like if something happens but, and then they do a like, Miles think, Morales one, then like but whatever. Think about how many chances they've had to do a good Peter Parker movie. They did and, two really great ones in like in two thousand and then two thousand and five. What, and f- fucking 15 years ago they made a good movie <laughs> like, well, that's cool Joey well come on I mean like when you like when you really boil it down and you go out on the street to people who like have seen the other Spider-Man films and you ask them do you know who Miles Morales is do you know that there's another Spider-Man they're yeah, gonna say no 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 I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you I'm not saying that he's some super well known character um, I would say he's well known if you're a comic book reader I would say he's well known for all this stuff um, and I'm not and I'm what I'm saying is it could be done and I think it can be done it's just that I think that they want to go for the sure thing and the sure yeah. thing is Peter Parker no matter like I mean like some people may not like it but the sure thing is Peter Parker yeah that, that's just how it's going to be I, for I, me. I, can, I can agree with that the only thing is you know like I said um, I mean hell they're taking a gamble on Black Panther too I mean, like his books have been kind of like not that good, and also because like I've read a lot of like you know very boring books in like in his yeah. run, and uh, like but there's going to be like but with uh, you know Kevin um, Kevin Feige you know as producer for these films, they he they, there's going to be they're going to find a way to make this extremely interesting because I mean like Thor. The Thor books, in my opinion, were just like so boring and just kind of so yeah, like, too, too high just fantasy. Like, just like, me. just like super Asgard and like let's go fucking kill things. Yeah, and like in other universes and like yeah. we're gonna take a light bridge there. And, like, we're gonna fight these genetically modified construction workers because that's on this rainbow bridge, right? It's just. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm not saying it's going to be a bad movie. Yeah, I'm not saying that I'm not excited to see Spider-Man in a uh, Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe movie because you know it's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah, right. Um, I'm just saying. I think it would be pretty cool if they did introduce uh, Miles Morales into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I think that like uh, like after Civil War or whatever. Um, because you know how they have like this run of uh, like the first this first run of the Avengers is kind of coming to a close, right? Because you have you know you, uh, as far as I know, there's no more Thor movies set to be produced after the third one. There's no more Iron Man movies. No more Iron Man movies. Um, there's no Hulk movies to be said to be made of at, at all. The time being, and yeah. then after three Captain America movies, we're not entirely sure what's happening after that. Right. So and it's like so if anything, it's going to be like like you know these Guardian the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Um, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and then the ones they introduced in the last Avengers movie, you know, uh, you know, uh, see, fuck, Falcon right. and um, Scarlet Witch, 
and uh, I just lost his name. Um, the all these all these new characters. So pretty much, it's a changing of the guard. Yeah. Right? So I would say like at the next changing of the guard, or maybe even before that, there's more than likely going to be Miles Morales. Right. I feel like he's got to start be front and center. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I figure we'll see another trilogy of Spider-Man movies with Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it might make more sense to introduce him. You know, maybe, um, I don't know how you would do it, but, you know, introduce him and have him essentially take over. If you have him, like, as a, as a ro- as like a Rhodes character, like Randy Rhodes, like, for Iron Man, yeah. in, in that kind of sense, and then, like, he just takes over the helmet as Spider-Man, um, and, but, like, with, like, the black and red suit, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That could probably work. Yeah, and I can see, I, I, I guess I can see your point on that. I'm just saying. I want to yeah. Miles Morales. Eh, I could take Miles Morales or not. I would just. I, I'd rather see Peter Parker. Yeah. Personally, for me, I'd rather. See I, Peter I think Parker. it's just uh, at this point with just and nothing on Marvel because they didn't produce these movies. But you know, the Sony Spider-Man films for the most part are just. Uh, I mean, like, like as I said before, like the first two I thought were great, and like I still have my suspicions about the third one being Sam Raimi's fuck you to Columbia Pictures and Sony and TriStar and everybody else who kind of decided to, you know, put their grubby little hands into the movie and say, no, you right. can't just have it be Sandman. You have to have Hobgoblin. You have to have Venom in it. And then if, um, or else we're not going to give you funding for the movie. Right. At which point Sam Raimi said, okay, guys, fuck you. Here's your movie. And then just, they purposely made like, these horrible decisions because Sam Raimi proved himself as a very competent director and a right. love for that character in the first two movies. Why would he go about to destroy everything he just made with the third movie if yeah. there's not some ulterior motive to it? And I could see that, but that still doesn't take away from the fact that we. I'm not saying anything about him as a director personally. I'm just saying about Spider-Man number three as a movie in general. The movie was horrible, right? It was shit. And then the new Amazing Spider-Man movies that we had come out recently, one and two. The first one was boring, and then the second one I didn't even give a, a, a glance at, right? Because I. Just heard like I saw like the ending scene on YouTube, and the ending scene with Rhino and that little kid was just like the most ridiculous, stupid and, thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's what and you. Can, I hope you can understand that why I have like a bad taste for Peter Parker. Yeah. in my mouth right now. I just have a bad taste of like Mark Webb. I hate Mark Webb at this point and I, I just I want to see Andrew Garfield get his teeth kicked in and and just because I mean like there, there's just like there's, like I don't understand like their thought process that they thought this was a good idea for this movie. Yeah no I, I agree with you. Um, but yeah I don't think we uh, made it explicitly clear. Um, you know we're talking about Black Panther a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was talking about the director. Um, um, so they've they've been eyeing a couple of directors for the new uh, um, for the upcoming Black Panther movie, and one of the main ones I've heard that they talk about was um, the uh, director for Selma, um, which I eh, it was an okay movie, I guess it wasn't as good as I thought it could have been. Right, but um, like like they were aiming like they were aiming high, but they fell short of what they were aiming for in my opinion when it came to that film but um but uh like that kind of director of like a a director who takes um you know uh like a very dramatic 
um, uh, stance on a lot of movies, it, I guess that could kind of work. Yeah. Um, but you have to keep in mind these are action films, and the way they've been doing uh, these Marvel movies, that they've gotten a lot of unknown directors to do these. Right. And it's been working out great for them. I mean, like, if you look at Captain America, uh, fuck, what was, what was her names? Um, like, Shane Black or something like that. Um, probably not even it. They directed, like, um, him and his brother directed that, and uh, that movie was great. And then um, Tom Gunn, he's he's directed a couple films in the past, but nothing very big. And they were right. kind of like these weird, dark, screwball comedies kind of kind of way, like, uh, like with Super and with um, uh, Slither. Right. Uh, and then, like, he did, like, a mess of trauma movies as well. Uh, so, like, him as this kind of, like, fairly unknown to Hollywood director, directing Guardians of the Galaxy and being one of the biggest movies of last year, pretty crazy. I think they need to go that route and find a good underground director. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of directors will do a good job. They just need the opportunity to do it. Right? Mm-hmm. I think I think what's been working for them is that they found uh, like they, they found people who are very hungry and very willing to kind of you know kind of do take what, a risk. Yeah, to do what they want and want out of a movie, but at the same time add that twist of theirs into it. Pretty right? much. Yeah. So. Um, they haven't announced anyone. They haven't announced. Yeah, they haven't right. officially announced anyone, but they're. Uh, I'm assuming they've got to be kind of close to uh, announcing a director for that. I would hope so. I'm I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, the path they take, and then who they even cast for the role for for Black Panther. Yeah, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson is not only Nick Fury. He's also Black Panther. <laughs> if they got if they got young Sam Jackson with like the Jerry Curl from like Pulp Fiction as Black Panther, I would be so down for that movie. Be all right with that. I, I, I'd It'd be just a, be Pulp Fiction too, directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Black Panther <laughs> slash Pulp Fiction two. Um, let's move on. Let's quit talking about our fantasy movies for a second. <laughs> um, so we had the uh, Hitman Forty Seven uh, trailer number two, mm-hmm. right? This is the second trailer. This is um, this is the second trailer. I don't know. This is the only trailer I'm from, I'm I'm aware of. But this is the second the Agent Forty Seven movie. Yeah, this is the second uh, Hitman movie. The first one was Timothy Olflanton. The Not first one was garbagey. Time. It was pretty lame. It, and, and being a fan of the series, you know, it's kind of like upsetting. But this one looks like like it's gonna be. A little better. This one looks like it's the action movie that it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, for the first one, um, and the storyline looks okay. Um, I'm not really. I'm not. I'm not going to see this movie for the storyline. Right. Like, um, right. This movie just seems to be balls out, out now action, and I'm pretty excited to see where they take it. Yeah. I mean, in the trailer, you see car chases. You see like guns going off, and like him like just killing random people. Yeah. But pretty much, I'm not going to be expecting like I'm not going to be expecting Shakespeare out of this movie. I'm just going to be expecting like a lot of like you know gun fights and a lot of explosions and really cool you know car stunts and that's really yeah about yeah it. yeah. And I mean that's that seems like what this movie needs to be. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can properly properly make a hitman game because of course in hitman games you can just go and ball balls out, pull out your gun and fucking start killing everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But usually the hitman game is more about like stealth. Like taking that stealth aspect to it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I we were talking about this a little bit 
before we started recording again. But we're we're not gonna like uh, we're not gonna have like an hour and a half of Agent Forty Seven just kind of sneaking around. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like you know taking off people's clothes and putting them on or anything. So like hiding out in a chicken suit and yeah, exactly. You know. So so it, it makes sense that it's gonna be more action oriented. Yeah. And you made a good point. They kind of, during that trailer, um, didn't make him seem like the good guy. Yeah, there there was I a mean, point he, in that movie. He, like, he is a hitman, so yeah. it makes sense. You know, he he, he works uh, for whoever pays him mm-hmm. the most, whoever whatever contract he has out. So he's not a good guy. No, they definitely don't show him as a good guy. Either. Right? They just kind of show him. And as I think like, that's that's important. Yeah. Because you don't want any sure he might be taking out some bad guy, but that doesn't make him a good guy. Mm-hmm. He might just be like a chaotic neutral kind yeah. of guy. So, um, but I'm glad they don't make him seem like a hero because that would yeah. be a little, it, it'd be a little kind of hard to push like a dude who goes around and like has to like ends up killing like a shit ton of cops and like, and, like has no real regard for, you know, pedestrians or sort yeah. of bar, innocent bystanders who are in the way. When it comes down to what he like, when it, when he needs to get the job done, he'll do any which way to get that job done. So, yeah. <clears throat> I kind of like the, the characterization they're kind of going with in in this movie instead of trying to make him look more heroic like they did in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, in connection with this video game movie, um, a while ago there was this director. Pretty sure a lot, not a lot of people know. Our listeners in Germany, you probably do know who Uwe Boll is. Um, I think I think maybe our listeners might know because I remember um, hearing about all this um, when it first happened. Yeah. Right. Whenever he, like, freaked out. Yeah, so essentially there was a Kickstarter campaign for one of his new movies um, called Rampage 3. If you ever had the chance to see Rampage, don't. It's a horrible <laughs> movie. <laughs> um, uh Essentially, um, he started Kickstarter for the third installment of this film. I didn't even know that there was a sequel. Right. Um, and uh, it's it didn't get essentially it didn't get funded, and he kind of threw a bit of a hissy fit about it not being funded, and made a bunch of uh, accusations of how people were stupid right. and how we are willing to watch a movie with retarded wizards in the forest. Or give a shit ton of money to the new Avengers movie that is garbage while his films are important. <laughs> um, even though we all know how, you know, his adapted version of Postal and his uh, movies of, you know, his video game movies of the early 2000s like House of the Dead and uh, Alone in the Dark were pretty much garbage. Yeah. And, like some of the worst things ever on the face of the planet. <laughs> he just got so, like, upset, though. He got he, very upset. This is, um... He filmed that, like, fuck you video, like, after his, like, first two Kickstarter campaigns had failed. Yeah. His so two he, for he, the same movie. Failed. Right. So, and then this was, like, four days till the third one, because he did a third Kickstarter campaign for that same movie. Yeah. Um, and this is just a couple of days before that one closed. And, of yeah. course, it didn't reach its funding. Um, but he just got so upset. He, he, he was the epitome of Burton. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like I've seen the first Rampage, and that movie was horrible. It, it was kind of boring. It was slow. And when it actually got to the point of like the whole payoff of the movie, essentially what the movie is about is um, this dude gets like this like suit of armor together, and then he goes around and is like this little town, and then he starts fucking massacring people. Um, 
for whatever for they don't really give much of a like motivation motivation behind it. There's like there's a zero motivation behind it. He's just, and then all he does is that he like has like his friend like he gives his friend like a script and tells him to read the script and um like in like the beginning of the movie you kind of see him video record like these things that he's like him that he wrote down like about how the government blah 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 you know taxes blah 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 people don't like me when 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 and um and then he ends up framing that friend right. as you know the guy who. Uh, you know, as the massacre guy, because he had like all the parts and stuff shipped to his place and blah blah blah. Yeah. So um, that w- that was a story, uh, not really much of a story. They don't really give a reason why he actually did it. Um, and then like the sequel, I don't even know what the sequel is about. And now they're making like a third one, and I don't, it's just it's just kind of ridiculous. It's a crazy guy. It, it, it's like he wants to have a message about the movie, but there is no message, message in the movie. And there's no redeeming quality in this movie right. at all. And the, the worst part is that's his best film. Right. And that's his, I have like, seen several of his movies as a that's kid. That's his like, life's work because yeah. he, he wants so badly to do the third one. Yeah. Right. So, and, you know, and like I've seen I, I've seen a couple of his movies. Um, because you know, like as a dumb kid, like oh, they're making this movie of a video game. I really like. I really want to go see it. And then I see it. And this movie was horrible. And um, you know, so like, it's just kind of, it's like, it's just kind of like, it's a good riddance kind of thing. I'm kind of glad that yeah. he's not going to be making this movie. I'm kind of glad he's not going to make movies anymore in general. But that's and, like, you know, it's a bad way to go out. There's there's no other way for this guy to go out. Yeah, that's true. He's a fucking crazy guy, anyways. <laughs> he, like horrible. It's like if Martin Scorsese had like a bizarro doppelganger kind of guy, the, the Uwe Boll is like his is bizarro Scorsese, essentially. Yeah. You know. Um, so uh, I guess like, and then all of this just kind of made me think of like all these old video game movies. You know, like fucking you know Super Mario Brothers movie. My God, that horrible. We should fest. we should watch that tonight. We I should fucking, marathon these I, movies. I fucking love that movie because of how bad it is. Like the Koopas look so I want to see it. horrible. And like, I mean, like the whole explanation behind like their name. Like, what's your name? Mario. Okay, what's your last name? Mario. Right. Like, so you're Mario. Mario. Yeah. Is it? Like, what about you? It's like, what's your name? Luigi. Last name Mario. You're Luigi Mario. Yeah, we're brothers. It was just it's it's so retarded. It's ridiculous. Did you ever watch the um, the Super Mario Super Show? I I haven't um, because I heard that if you watch it, your brain will melt and your eyes will explode. Let me tell you, I have Netflix and just like been watched that shit like two or three times already. <laughs> it probably explains why I'm fucking dumb as shit, but <laughs> but goddamn. It's like it's so bad in such a funny way that I find hilarious. Yeah. Um like okay, so there's this show that you need to watch. I don't know if you've watched it before. Um it's called Danger Five. I've heard of it. So it's just this like it was it came out in 2013. It's mm-hmm. like an Australian TV show, but it's just so budgeted and looks so shitty. <laughs> and it's just everything I love, and it's just it's this group of spies whose job is to, to kill, kill Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you you watch that first episode, and if you're not like brought in by that, if you think it's super shitty, then that show is not for you. But if you love that first episode of Danger Five, <laughs> oh, you're gonna love it. Later, there's like fucking dinosaurs, like Nazi dinosaurs that come about, and Nazi like, dinosaurs. I am in for Nazi dinosaurs. Yeah. So 
Uh, we'll watch that when we get home. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, this. Um, I want to see a resurgence of shitty movies. Like, I, I want to see, like, I'm not sure if, like, I want, like, a resurgence of, like, video game movies to be really shitty or if I want them to actually try this time. But, like, half of me kind of wants them to be really shitty again. Right. And, and of course, if you're going to do that, you can't spend a lot of money on it. No. Because you're not going to make like, I want it to be, that. like, comically... If it's going to be shitty, I want it to be, like, comically shitty. I want, like a, like, a studio to give, like, a group of dudes, like... Like here's like fifty thousand dollars. Make a Gears of War movie. <laughs> like this is that's what that's essentially what Danger Five is because it's like they can afford like only one car to destroy. <laughs> so it's like instead of like filming this car like driving through shit, they'll get like a toy car and run that toy car through like a very <laughs> shitty like paper mache bridge. And like when they zoom in, it's like the people in the car. It's like an actual car just like being filmed from the front. But when they show like the action sequences, it's just like shitty like you know like fucking toy cars and shit. And like it, it's fucking ridiculous in the best way possible. Danger Five, everybody go check it out. That's my uh, unofficial endorsement for the for the week. <laughs> okay, um, so I guess in a, in a bid to be somewhat serious about video game movies, if they were actually to make video game movies again, because we've had like the very, like a big success with comic book movies, and I know comic book movies are are different because they're in a written and drawn format, and essentially they're they're already pre storyboarded for the movies. Yeah. Essentially, so with video games, how would you do a Video game movie. It's so difficult. It depends on it depends on the video game, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and you got to understand that it's impossible to do a direct one to one representation of a video game to a movie uh, because video games are so interactive and usually so long that you can't fit into the movie. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I like whenever. Um, couple months ago, whenever they had said that Netflix was in the talks with uh, Nintendo to make a Legend of Zelda series uh, for Netflix, I was just thinking, and I spent days thinking about it, like, how would they do this? Yeah. And the whole time, I just couldn't think of anything. I couldn't think of any proper way to make that, like, true to, like, you know, Legend of Zelda lore and, like, you know, that yeah. kind of, like, world... But at the same time, there's, like, no way you can translate that very well to a movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what are you going to do? The show The Water Temple one, like, episode? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't like, fit in my mind. I'm sure there's people out there who are a lot smarter than I am. And a dungeon per episode. Or, and, uh, like, the only way, because I've, I've thought about it, too, and, like, just in general, the only way they can do a video game movie is if it's animated. And, like, not by anybody. It needs to be animated by the team who made the game. So, you take the assets from, like, the trailers of, like... Because, like, I've, I've always thought in terms of Gears of War. So, like... Because, right. like, Gears of War was, like, the first, like, big thing that was supposed to... Like, one, like before Halo was, like, supposed to be a movie, they wanted to develop Gears of War into a movie. And I can see Gears of War being a series because Gears of War is more story-driven mm-hmm. in that sense where it's, like, a very specific set of... Um, like assets. You have like destroyed cities, and yeah. you have like you know like cities that are like abandoned, and you have like under like in the underground caverns and stuff like that. You have very yeah. specific like scenes and set pieces. Yep. Um, you could make a decent like trilogy out of that, in my opinion. I think so. Um, 
you know, and you you introduce, of course, all these like chain guns and fucking mm-hmm. like have like someone, and you I could see that as a live action film too. Of course, yeah. you have to get some really fucking buffed out yeah, dudes because like when like, the movie was first being kind of pitched around, they said The Rock was going to be in it. And, the Rock's a giant dude. Just essentially, he's a mass of muscles. Yeah. So I mean, like, if anyone's gonna be in a Gears of War movie, it's gonna be The Rock. Yeah, I, I can see him. I mean, like, he, he he's got, he has that body. Yeah. He's got that Gears of War, <laughs> he's got that Gears of War body. So though. he's like on the Gears of War workout plan <laughs> and the diet, and so because essentially the workout plan is just lancing aliens. This is that Marcus Phoenix workout, <laughs> though. So like, like um, <laughs> so it's like I would honestly think that the only route to go with seriously the only route to go with and with um, with a video game movie is to, for it to be animated. Because that way you get the voice actors of the of the characters, and then no one's gonna be pissed off when you cast the wrong dude into the movie. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I it, with the Gears of War like animated film, I would just be like, well, why why aren't I just playing the game? Yeah. If you anything, with well, the way it works best, in my opinion, is if it's like either comes bundled with the game or if it's uh, or if it's like just kind of a directed DVD thing sold in GameStop and what they do is that they just kind of like have it bridge that gap between each game so you know how like there was like a big gap between like in chronology from the first game and the second game right and um, you know because there's still like those outposts of like those human outposts around the world yeah. and then the last and, and then the second movie is the second movie the second game there's like with that last outpost right. of um of humanity, of humanity, and then third game they're on the fucking boat. I would like to see a movie spanning those gaps. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Like I said, I don't know if I like it animated. Maybe that's just a personal preference of mine. I think I would rather see a live action film because yeah. with Gears of War, I feel like that lends itself better to making a movie than other assets yeah. have tried to do, like the Doom movie or something like that. The Doom movie was pretty garbage. Right, because And that like, one did have The Rock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was before The Rock was a good actor, though. I think that's when he was still wrestling. Yeah. Like, right after he was done wrestling. That was, that was when he was still being billed as The Rock. <laughs> right. Um, it's just... Some, some properties, I think, lend themselves a lot better to mm-hmm. um, making a movie... And Gears of War, I think, would be one of them. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can make a Skyrim movie. No. I don't think you can make a Fallout movie. Mm. But Gears of War, like, fits because it's so story-driven. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of action that you can take from. There's all these, like, semi-futuristic weapon- weapons, right? Yeah. It's not completely, like, Halo-y where you're shooting lasers, lasers and everything. Um, it's, you got it's, a fucking chainsaw on a gun. Yeah. You know, you have plenty of, like, creatures and, you know, you have these... Uh, like big bad guys mm-hmm. on the locust side, you have the fucking like queen and all this shit. Yep. Um, big like guns and all, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. So I think Gears of War would lend itself very, very well to a live action film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't try and fit it all into one um, into one movie. One movie can be a mess. Uh, build up, build up one and two. Uh, kill Dom off in the third one. Yeah. Uh, like I could choose just Everyone an emotional cries. investment, just like ah, uh, just like dying. And just like, you know, like, he's like, Maria! And like, fucking dies. <laughs> Maria! Um, yeah, so I think, I think some properties definitely lend themselves a lot better to a movie. I can see Bioshock being a fucking Bioshock being really, movie. really good movie. Yeah. Um, but that's just games that are already so, like, story-driven and have really good writing as far as story goes already. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. With something with uh, like The Legend of Zelda, I can't really see that. Mm-mm. You know, because with Legend of Zelda, yeah, okay, there there is a story where the lore is so expansive and so and like it's split into three different storylines, right? And it's pretty crazy. Yeah, those would be hard to make into an actual video game, like a Bioshock, Years of War. I could see um, Halo. I feel like has had too much split offs at this point, mm-hmm. and it's just like you can make a movie in that universe. I mean, Spielberg was supposed to do something with it yeah. with like a, like a series that was supposed to be released, streamed to Xbox One. Yeah, but and we haven't happened. seen it at all. Yeah. Like, it's just been dark this entire time. I don't know what other properties could possibly be. I think, like, older video games could be made into, like... They want, once again, animated kids' movies. I mean, if you if you look at stuff like Earthworm Jim, that could be made into the I animated kids' that. movie. I think Earthworm Jim is way past its prime. Yeah, that's I think true. I think 20 years ago you could have pulled that off. Maybe. I don't, you know? Well, there was an Earthworm Jim TV show, if I remember correctly, a little cartoon show. I can't really, I can't exactly remember what it was about, yeah, but I remember I mean, seeing it. Yeah, I just feel like with certain things, I don't think you could pull off today. Yeah, but you could pull them off. I, I agree with you. The Earthworm Jimmy's kind of like that weird character that the cartoony kid, character that could get, a kid could get attached to pretty easily. I think all it needs is like a, like a another game to be made, and then renewed interest and in all that. Right. Crap. I mean, you see, you see how good it can be in the sense of like Pokemon. Yeah. Right. And even in the new, like, Nintendo Pokemon thing that they're trying, which is the uh, Yokai Watch, mm-hmm. um, you can I can see it with, like, those kind of things, too, where the games aren't very story-driven, but the TV shows and the movies drive that story more than the yeah. video game does. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, in my mind, something that doesn't have much of a story... Would lend itself to being um, like like you're able to develop a, like a story for it, right? In a way, so I mean like um, like games that are kind of just you know kind of just there to just be nothing but games. I mean like nowadays it's really hard to think of a game that's just like that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, before, yeah, I think uh, back in the '90s uh, we had those games a lot. Yeah. Where it's just kind of like simple objective things. Now I feel like there's just so many like really good like indie story driven games mm-hmm. out there and like just as far as like writing goes in video games it's getting a lot better yeah over the last couple of years um so i don't think you can really get any modern titles and try and put them into a movie because some of these things play out like movies already yeah so yeah a lot of games are really cinematic i mean like uh, the last generation of games that we saw were kind of like that with like the last of us and bioshock infinite and Metal Gear Solid Metal 4. Gear Solid 4. Um, that was fucking nothing but movies. <laughs> just occasional video game. <laughs> take, um, take, take two steps, watch cutscene. Take two steps, watch cutscene. Shoot a dude, watch cutscene. <laughs> Don't shoot a dude, still watch that same cutscene. <laughs> same cutscene. Just that all of a sudden he's just there hanging out. Mm. Because like so like I guess another reason why I kind of bring this stuff up is because right now they're developing like um right now because we talked about it before I can't remember if we talked it on like on the podcast or not but uh, Warcraft um, the release date is June third of next year. I don't think we talked about the release date. We talked about that image mm-hmm. of that was kind of like leaked at some yeah. point or like I don't know if it was leaked but if it was like published but mm-hmm. yeah we talked about the image a little bit but yeah we didn't talk about a release date. Okay. Um, so a year is pretty close by. Yeah. So that just makes me super curious as to the route they're taking because I know like like they they kind of like that whole just kind of like that orc 
that looks like it was all CGI and everything, which in my mind is kind of like kind of reaffirming my belief that if they make video game movies, if this does well, that's the route they're going to take. Yeah. And an industrial lights and magic looking CGI uh, animated film. And um, it's being directed by Duncan Jones, who directed uh, Moon and uh, what else did he do? Uh, Source Code. Um, so he, he doesn't have a lot under his belt, um, but I'm kind of interested in seeing where this goes. And uh, there was another uh, video game movie that was being made, I think. Um, I can't think of it anymore. But anywho, uh, that and like, so I kind of just kind of thinking of, yes, our opinions of what it's going to be like, the Warcraft movie. Yeah, um, I'm not too sure. I mean, I played a couple of the Warcraft games. I don't remember them being super story heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, the, I um, feel like it'd be very easy to make like a world, a universe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not too sure what to expect. Yeah. You're going to see orcs. You're going to see people. You're going to see them fighting each other. Uh, that's pretty, like, obvious, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm not too sure. I mean, like I said, with games like that that don't have, like, a very, like, ingrained story, it's very easy to kind of build a world around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not too sure what to expect. Do you think this is going to be any good? Mm-hmm. I think it'll look nice. <laughs> Playing it close to the chest, Johnny. Yeah. Um, you know what? I I will give it. Um, I will give it a shot. I'm, I'm going to go and say that it's going to be pretty decent. And that's against my better judgment, but I'm willing to take that risk because yeah. I love. I love, like, you know, video game movies, as shitty as they are, so I just hope, I just want one that's going to do justice to it. Yeah. You know? Because, I mean, like, not only that, but also the upcoming Assassin's Creed movie. I forgot about that yeah. one. We talked about that one before. I think um, we talked about it last week. I think movies. that one is going to be a lot easier to make into a movie uh, than, <laughs> than than Warcraft is. Yeah, I I don't know. This whole like the whole thing is it's like it's such a like case by case basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I just and I just don't get it because like I don't have the mind to like I don't have like the creative capabilities to come up with like a storyline for these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I do because sometimes I watch these things and I was like I could fucking write a better movie than this. Yeah. That's how I felt with Jurassic World leaving. I was like, there's just so much stuff in here that I could have. Give me the fucking script before you guys do it. I could have fucking written it so much better. Yeah. You know, so maybe maybe my creative mind isn't as bad as I think it is. Also, but, things get lost when, like, a script passes through the hands of, like, a half a dozen people. Right. Before, right. before like, a final draft is settled upon. And, yeah, it's, in some situations, that final draft is nothing close to... Um, to the original draft that the yeah. writer had. Which right. is probably a whole lot worse than yeah, we yeah. probably think it is. And we hear about that quite a bit. Where um, the original writer for something will be like, yeah, this isn't anything like I wrote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Because so. there, there was actually kind of a big controversy over who wrote uh, Jurassic World. Um, because there, there was like a lawsuit involved with um, like some of the writers saying they didn't get credit. Or yeah. they didn't get enough credit, something like that. 
But once again, that happens when you have like um, when a script because they, like they took stuff from like three different th- three four different scripts, and yeah. then uh, they put them together by as in by like two other screenwriters, I think. Right, right. And then like so when it passes through that many hands and kind of has to come out through one you know funnel at the end of at the end of the day, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of stuff that's gonna be clunky, and at that point they need to shoot because they're gonna just gonna take whatever you have. Right. And then if they need to rewrite something, they'll rewrite something. If they don't feel like they need to rewrite it, they're not going to rewrite it. Yeah. So that's like, and it kind of going, I guess this is going back to Jurassic World. That's kind of like, in my mind, another issue that could have been addressed. Right, right. That would have taken care of like a bunch of characterization that was kind of bad and a bunch of dialogue that was kind of hammy. But other than that, their action sequences were on point. Yeah, the action sequences. <laughs> the important parts of the movie. Yeah, the director, direct, director had it like on lock. He, he, knew, he, he knew what he was doing. The screenwriters who wrote the action scenes, they you, can, you guys know what you're doing. Yeah, like the, the screenwriters who wrote the script can suck a fatty. <laughs> but come on, like that, those action scenes. Those action scenes, though. Go watch that movie if you haven't seen it. Please. Please go watch it. God. All right, we'll, we'll see it again. Well, yeah, we, we should go see it again. Um, anything you plan on doing this week before we get out of here? Not much. All right. In all, in all honesty, I'm gonna just try and go to the IMAX theater and see and see uh, Jurassic World again. That's again. really about it. I think Ann and I are gonna go watch uh, Inside Out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I've been hearing know. nothing but good things about yeah, it. Yeah, I've been hearing nothing but good things about it, but when I see it, I can't help but, like, not like it. <laughs> Something about, like, the, the way it's, like, animated or the way it looks. I just hate this kid's face. So, like, no, not even that, but, like, the characters, like, you know, the, like, different, like, feelings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. For some reason, they just don't look very appealing to me. Yeah. I've heard nothing, like you said, I've heard nothing but good things, and I'm sure I'm going to be blown away when I watch it. It's Pixar, so I know that they're doing something yeah. correct. I heard for a lot of people this is like a return to form for Pixar. Right. Because like, like the last few movies that they released were kind of like big old piles of meh. And yeah. then, you know, th- this one is like, like the one that brought a lot of people back. Also, Louis Black has a voice in it. So I want to see it it's so bad just because Louis Black is, has a voice yeah, in it. Yeah, so I think I'm going to go watch that tomorrow. Um, like I said, I picked up uh, Arkham Arkham Knight yesterday, so I'm probably going to keep playing that throughout the week. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, like I said, I'm just, I, it's weird because just like looking at that inside out, like just the pictures of the characters and everything, it just something doesn't like bring me in. Yeah, I'm sure when I watch it, I'm gonna be like leave the movie. And I'm just like, oh my god, this was amazing. You're gonna be crying. You're gonna be crying a little just, bit. Like, I think crying. And just being like, oh my god, we need to watch this again. Ah, like, that'll just be me the whole time. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, I'm just like, ugh, what is this? <laughs> I love going to movies called fucking popcorn, man. Fucking popcorn. See, that, that buttery, buttery goodness. Yeah, that delicious, like, just. Oh, dude, when I go to the movie theater, what I like to do is I like to get a hot dog and I like to get the extra cheese for the nachos and I dip my hot dog in the cheese. It's so good. It kind of probably shortens 10 years off my life, but it's so worth good. it. It's worth it. Worth it. All you need to do is just like dunk it in there and deep fry it up and like I'll be like the happiest <laughs> guy on the face of the planet. <laughs> Sit me down and see Jurassic World again. Oh, yeah. All right. On that note, I think we should uh, we should get out of here. Um, as always, go listen to us on Stitcher. Um, 
go like the Facebook page. Um, we actually like have it. like a, I don't know if this person actually listens to the podcast. Shout out to this person if you do. But someone I, like someone I don't know liked the Facebook page. <laughs> and it's not just like I don't know them, but they're also not friends with any of my friends. So I'm just, I don't know. But you straight up had to stalk them a little bit to figure out I did. Who, who are you, where are you from. I, 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 we get so little likes and they're so few and far between that I have to. Just yeah. a little bit. But um, yeah, go like the Facebook page. Uh, go listen to us. I'm not sure. All of us are either from Germany or Russia or Korea. I'll, I'll show you uh, once we get off, get out of here. Um, so yeah, go, 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 go listen to us on Stitcher. If you're listening to us, you're probably doing it on Stitcher. Yeah. Of course, you can listen to us on the website. Streaming. Um, shoot us a, shoot us an email. Talk to us. Um, I talk to us. Yeah. It's lonely out here in the podcast world. Feedback. Give us feedback. All right. Tell us how horrible we're doing. We'll get out of here. Uh, we'll, we will be. We. Let's try that again. We will be back next week. Um, and until then, um, I don't know. I feel like we should come up with something to end we should, We should come up with some way to close the things out. With a tagline. I guess. But, you know, I guess for now, we're just going to just go, you know, bye, everybody. Later, guys. Alright, but for real though, <laughs> we're going. Later.